0: My friends, if you will turn your scriptures to Romans 8, we're going to read the 28th and twenty uh, through 39, if you are able, uh, would you stand please? Paul is bringing to a conclusion this marvelous chapter of the Christian's great hope. And my prayer this morning is that you're going to be filled with hope. My prayer this morning is that you're going to be filled with assurance. My prayer this morning is that your confidence in God's power to hold and keep you will be absolute. I hope that as you walk through this door today at the end of the service, your hearts are filled with joy and confidence that on the basis of Christ's redeeming grace having saved you forever and ever. I hope you're filled. Hear what he says. Last week we read these verses. I'm going to read them again. And we know that all things work together for for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Now you people that have been saved by grace, that is God's predestined plan that your life is going to be conformed to Jesus. So that he might, he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, he also called. And, he, and, and these he also called. And whom he called, he also justified. That means you're forgiven. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. The Holy Spirit already rests upon you as a saint of God. Not because of your goodness and righteousness, but because of him. And then Paul goes on to, and if you, if you know the Greek right here, he, it's almost like he's singing. If you study the Greek text, it's, he, he shifted definitely out of prose into a poetic form. When he says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son. Now, think about that. God loved you so much that he didn't spare his own son. In John three sixteen, what does it say? God so loved the world that what? He gave his only son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Cling to that promise, friends. Cling to that promise. And he delivered him up for us all. How shall he with him not also Freely give us all things. The glory of heaven is Christ's. And he's given you that glory. Think about that. His inheritance is presence with the Father. That's your inheritance. Hallelujah. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? You know the old devil tries to to condemn us who are saved. But who brings any charge against us? We haven't forgiven ourselves, have we? It is God who justifies. Now think about that for a moment. God is the only one that can make us innocent and give us validation to stand in his holy presence. We can't. But the gospel is that in Christ, God has justified us before him. Not because of who we are, but because in spite of what we are, through the grace of Christ, we are made clean. Oh, I get excited reading this verse. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God. And we repeat this from Hebrews 2 uh, as well. Who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ. Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We're accounted as sheep for the slaughter. That was the experience of the New Testament church. They were slaughtered like sheep. Maybe coming here, our Christian brothers in in the Middle East, they have been slaughtered like sheep. Yet, in spite of all of this, he says, Yet, in all these things, We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Well, a conqueror gets the the victory, doesn't he? That's what it means to be the conqueror. But he says, you have even more than that. Think about that. Through him who loved us. For I am persuaded. Convinced. I'm convinced, are you? I'm absolutely convinced. I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, that's kingdoms of this world, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, that includes the old devil, he's a created thing, and nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you and be seated. You know, we are living in increasingly trying times, and we're not surprised because we know that the Lord said before he returned, times will get more troublesome in time. And, and, and even in our own nation, we are starting to be oppressed as Christians. In our Thursday morning Bible study, it was shared that, that one of the teachers right here in this county has been brought to a real crisis of conscience over something the world would not pay much attention to. But she knows she was instructed that when she lined the children up to go to It says in the elementary schools, when she lined a child up to go to the gym or to lunch or anything, she's no longer to say, boys in this one line and girls in this other. We know where that's coming from, don't we? Those servants of Satan all across this country that are trying to distort God's created order of male and female, they weren't satisfied to stop at uh, the. Marriage—they're not—they weren't satisfied to stop it. Everybody using the same bathrooms—they're penetrating all the way down to the youngest generations. And and if you're a Christian and you stand up for that, you stand up against that, you can expect to pay a price. We have a member here in this church whose uh, cousin was teaching at one of the community colleges, and the question came up in the class: Do you believe? It's one of the controversy about same sex marriage was going on says do you believe in same sex marriage and he said no I believe that God created a male and female and that marriage is for men and women and before the days out he received notice to clear out his desk state school and friends it's coming it is coming but I don't worry I don't worry. I don't worry what's going to happen to me. I don't worry what's going to happen to that young college teacher. I don't worry. I worry that the coming judgment is coming over the earth. I worry for those people that do those things. Those people that teach those lies. I worry for them. God grant They would hear the gospel and turn from their sin and live. But I want to preach to you today, you believers, and I'm praying to God that that you will receive and know for certainty the security in which you rest in the Lord Jesus Christ. You who have believed with all your heart and have a living faith relationship today, I want you not to be filled with the spirit of fear. I don't want you to be filled with the spirit of concern or anxiety. I want you to be filled with the spirit of peace and joy and happiness, knowing that you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I hope today it comes in fullness what that means for us. Our coming to the Lord. Was preceded by his calling. We talked in Bible study on Thursday morning this week. We went over how gracious it was that God, in his richest mercy, allowed us to hear the gospel. You hearing the gospel today is a blessing. It's a blessing many long for and have not heard. Did you know that? God in the richness of his mercy has let you hear about Jesus. Now, I hope you've accepted him. If you haven't accepted him, really accepted him, let today be the day. But those who have, I hope you are, are filled with, with uh, uh, thankfulness that, that at some point in your life you heard the gospel because the Lord Jesus arranged for you to hear the gospel. He numbered you among those who by His grace. See, it was all by His grace. He numbered you among those who by His grace heard the message of salvation in Jesus Christ. And you know, and I know this from the bottom of my heart. You know at the the moment you were saved that it was really Him that moved your heart to faith. The night I got saved, getting saved was the last thing I was concerned about. I was a worldly person. I loved the world. But that night, the Holy Spirit brought me under conviction for my sins. I, I didn't worry much about being a sinner, but, but when the Holy Spirit moved, I got worried about being a sinner. And I knew I couldn't help myself. That's His grace. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that taught our hearts to fear. Amen? Anybody that's never known the fear of God over their sins does not know their unrighteousness. But praise God. Praise God. And I felt Him move within me to believe and trust in Christ. He moved my heart To faith in Christ where before I had faith only in the things of the world. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit working through that faith, implanted that faith to save you from sin and punishment. Because you trusted no longer in yourself, but you trusted in Jesus why should you be allowed to go to heaven? Well, all of us, if are saved, have the same answer. I'm allowed to go to heaven because Jesus saved me. Only reason. Not one thing commends us, really. But Christ's grace and love saves us. So many believers today don't understand this that. That our salvation is dependent not upon ourselves, but upon the sovereign grace given in Jesus Christ. I underlined on my sermon text, you can't see it, my notes. I underline sovereign grace. Think about what that means. Sovereign is that which has absolute rule, authority, and does what it does with finality, doesn't it? And that's what God's grace has done. When God's grace saved you, it was sovereign. It was by his power, and it is final. Some people have asked the preacher, can a person lose their salvation? Usually they're Methodists that ask that question. But can, a, can a, a person lose their salvation? And I say, did what we do gain our salvation? Did we earn it? Well, if we earned it, we can disearn it, you know. But we didn't earn it. It's God's free gift. And God does not give gifts and take them away. They say, well, what about these people who get saved and then go live for the devil? I said, that person was never saved. You haven't read Romans. When God saves you, he predestines you to a life to give glory and honor to Christ. And if that does not happen, then you've not been saved. Now, do we stumble? Yes, I stumble. I want to give a testimony. There are certain sins I've been struggling with all my life. I don't know about you. I take sin in my life pretty serious. Not because it condemns me, because it wounds God. It wounds my Savior. Praise God, I, I, this year, I have finally overcome one of the great plagues of my life. Not in myself, but through God's sovereign grace. So I can say, Bobby, I'm not a good man, but but when, when this year ends, I'll be a little bit more like Jesus than I was the year, the year when the year started. That's his sovereign grace, so it's not of me, it's all of him. It says Holy Spirit that condemns sin within me, and it's Holy Spirit that through Christ overcomes it. Your salvation is fully dependent upon the actions of God. And if you believe in Jesus truly, you are saved forever. Oh, you may sin, but let me tell you. You know, the whirling sins, you know. Ricky and I got a fellow that's in the world. We're praying for him. And, and he, he goes on sins however he wants to. God doesn't punish him for that. Oh, sin has consequences, you know. You smoke too much, you get lung cancer. You do this, you do that. But, but, but God doesn't actively punish that man for his sin. Not now. But now you and I, when we sin, believe us. God corrects us. He convicts us. We become sad in his presence because we know we aren't living in his way. And, and he'll keep at us until we get it. Hallelujah, I'm glad he's that kind of savior, aren't you? I'm glad he's involved in the life. Your salvation is not dependent upon yourself. It is dependent upon the grace of God given in Jesus Christ. Now, now, believers, this is for believers. These promises are not for unbelievers. If you're here today, and if you're a person who might have gone to church all your life, you know, My father said he was an elder and deacon in our church for many years, and he said, don't ever make the mistake of thinking that the church roll and the Lamb's Book of Life are the same because they're two separate books. You will find names on the church roll that may not necessarily be on the Lamb's Book of Life. However, he said everybody whose names on the Lamb's Book of Life will be on the church roll. I believe that. But if you're one of those persons that never really committed your life, this great hope is not for you. It will not be for you until the grace of God moves you to surrender your to life and commit it to Jesus Christ. You know if you've done that. And God knows if you've done that. Nobody else may know. But the Lord knows. And you know. Know that you have been drawn to Christ by the almighty power of the Father. That's in John verse, 46, verse chapter 6, verse 44, if you want to read it, where it says that none can come unto me. Jesus is talking about himself. It's a red letter. None can come unto me except the Father draw them. Now, that makes the point that that the gift of salvation has little to do with you and everything to do with God. Oh, was his mercy rich towards you. When he said to you, when he said to you, Bobby, I'm calling you to Jesus. I'm calling you. I'm drawing you to him. Otherwise, you couldn't come, but I'm drawing you to him. It is all of God, and God alone receives the glory. You were brought to salvation in Christ because Almighty God drew you to Christ. You know that you are secure. And I will even add the word eternally secure in Christ. In John 6. Let's listen to this. It's not my words. I mean, if, if it were my words, you could ignore it. This is God's word. It says, all that the Father gives me shall come to me. And he that comes to me, I will in no wise, no manner, no reason. I will in no wise cast out. For I came down to heaven, not of my own will, but of the will who sent. of him who sent me. And this is the Father's will who has sent me, that all he has given me, of all he has given me, I should lose nothing. You hear that? That's Jesus talking. That's Jesus talking about you. That you're not going to be lost. That you are secure. And he says, and I shall raise them up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me that everyone who sees the son and believes on him may have everlasting life and I will raise him up at the last day. Wow. That's the promise of the son of God. Did you hear that? Now, people may say you're not good enough, and if it was concerned with being good enough, they're right. I'm talking to another brother here in the church this morning, this is one I just appreciate so much. He, he's one of those men that works behind the scenes to share the gospel. Sometimes that's the most effective way. But we were talking about a person... Saying all the churches are full of hypocrites. Well, he's right, because none of us live as good as we know how to live. But but that that never insulted me. I I had a fellow down here in front of the Dollar General store say, Well, I wouldn't come to your church. It's full of hypocrites. I said, Really? I said, Praise God. And he says, What are you? And it shocked him. I said, Praise God, because that's the only place a hypocrite's going to cease to be a hypocrite rather than living like one such as you that is going to hell. Living apart from the Word of God. Some of you know the very person I said that to. That person who takes that opinion, who rejects God, is the person that lives in true insecurity. For in a while, in a moment, the Bible says, in the twinkling of an eye, Jesus come back for people that quick. If those people wait to get ready until they're ready, they won't be ready. You hear that? I tell people that, that some well, I'll, I'll come sometime. I said, let me tell you something. Are you so stupid as to believe that the almighty sovereign God will dance to your tune and work to your time schedule? Are you foolish enough to believe that? But, but the promise to you and I is that because we are in Christ, we are truly secure. You are bound and owned by love in Christ Jesus. My love for you is great. Honestly, I'm not just saying this. I'd lay down my life for any one of you. I'd give any one of you my kidney if it would i do anything for you I could. And I know you're that way towards me. I just feel it all the time. I got one lady in this church, I always make sure the preacher gets a biscuit for breakfast. I said, I need to buy breakfast. Oh, no, no. I eat it whether I need it or not. Most times I don't need it. But, but the point is, I'm saying is, that we love each other. But, and as much as we love each other, our love for each other does not compare. And it's not anywhere near the perfect and love of God in Christ Jesus. We may come under persecution as did the people in Paul's times. We may be even martyred. We say, well, that could never happen here. The people living in the security of a lot of countries have thought that. Christians in Germany probably thought that. It could happen. John Huss, the great, Czechoslovakian reformer that was burned at the stake for preaching the Bible, tied to the stake. Getting burned alive is not an easy thing, you know. Let me tell you what happened to him. God put a shield down around him. As he was set on, the things were set on fire, he began to sing hymns. And he sang him, and they could hear him even through the the, the the fire. And the people that had done it were fearful for what they had done. And he sang it until the fire killed him. The love of Jesus never let John Husk go, did it? And it'll never let you go. No matter what comes, be on your deathbed. He will be there. Be ye on trial for the gospel's sake. He will be there. Like my son told me, if I get fired for being a Christian, what an honor. You know, when Americans take that attitude in this country, this country will change. Change. They may get meaner to us at first, but it'll change. We are fearless. Not because of who we are, but because of to whom we belong. My friends, my precious brothers, know this. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors to him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither life nor death, in other words, anything you live through and or deal with in this life, or even death itself, neither angels, heavenly beings, angels of darkness, and there are plenty of them around, or principalities, governments, Nor powers, might, or things present, things that are here, or anything that is to come in your life. Neither height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I had a church that got mad at me one time for preaching the gospel. Now, there a lot of things I could tell them to get mad about about me. That's a lot of stuff I don't like about me. But, but they, and they begin to indicate, well, we might just, unless you alter this, we might just have to end up terminating your position. I said, listen, friend, I was eating in Tennessee before I came here. If I leave here, I'll be eating because my Savior feeds me and not you. Why? I know who's got me. I know who's got me. And I know how he loves me, and I hope you know today how he loves you. Well, he certainly saved you. I hope you know that. And I hope you know that he's never going to turn loose of you. He loves you. He loves you with a love that will never, ever let you go. Yeah, last night I sat back there where Billy Clayton, good back row Baptist, is sitting back there. And I sat back there last night and, and my heart and mind was filled, as they sang, with the greatness of God's love and the greatness of his glory and the marvelous majesty in which he saved me and the marvelous plan he has ahead of me so that when that veil drops at my life, I will just then begin to really live. The world cannot say that, but praise God, believers can. Believers are the only one that can say the best is yet to come. For we have not chosen him. But he has chosen us. And his plan for us is secure. That he is with us in all things in this world. And we be with us through the passage to the world to come. Thank God it's not dependent upon my goodness. Thank God it's not dependent on my abilities. If it were, I would be lost and damned forever. But thank God it's up to his loving, sovereign grace that has saved me. And he saved you who believe. Be joyous rest secure your savior cannot be taken from you nor can you be taken from him does that make your heart glad does that give you peace in your soul knowing that does that make the anxieties in the world fade hallelujah